0: Uh, we've been in the sanctuary from 6:30 to 7:30 praying, we've been worshiping, we've been prophesying. I think Friday might have been my favorite my most favorite day because what we did was we took some scriptures and we uh, pulled a scripture out of a like a little uh, box and everyone took a scripture. everybody had a scripture that they would read and then we would prophesy to each other. And I'm telling you there was a stirring in the house when we begin to prophesy those scriptures over each other. So it's always good to prophesy scripture. If you don't know what else to quote over someone, quote scripture and (laughs) prophesy that over them. That is always a good thing to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, we're in week two of our Faith School series. And you say, what is Faith School? Faith School is actually a ministry run by Pastor Keith Moore. Uh, He is a pastor, I believe, in Missouri. He has a ministry school called Faith School. And it was highly suggested to Tamara and I that we partake in faith school. And we have started participating in that. And I'm telling you, our faith has been stirred. You know, during the fast, uh, Tamara and I, one of the things we did was like we cut out media. So we hadn't been watching television uh, at night and during the day or whatever. And usually we would watch faith school during the day. But now that we were not watching it at uh, television, we've been watching faith school at night as well. And so now we realize we can't watch it at night because it gets us so stirred, we can't fall asleep. So we'll be up all night just talking about what uh, he just talked about, and it's just been so good, and our faith has been so stirred. I was like, we have to start a series at our church, and so this is week two of that. So a lot of the material that I'm going to be covering is coming from Faith School. You can go online. You can find that information there. But I just tailored it to us. So I just took the meat of what he said, and I just condensed it down to make it apply to where we are, because we all need faith in our life. And this year at our church, we've been declaring that this is the year of faith. Amen? That 2022 is the year of faith, and I believe that with all of my heart. So let's just open up in a word of prayer, and we'll get going. Holy Spirit, we thank you for today. We thank you that you know exactly where we are, and you know exactly what we need. And I thank you that you open up our hearts to receive from you today a word that you would have exactly to specifically speak to situations and difficulties and problems that we face, that by faith today that something will be unlocked that would help us, Lord God, to move forward in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today, last week, we talked about why faith, part one. This is part two. So if you're taking notes, this is why faith, part two. And also, again, just as a disclaimer, all of our notes are online. You could download our app. You can follow along with the notes there. You online, you can take notes. But this is Why Faith Part 2. And I love talking about faith, and especially now, like my faith has been so stirred. But Romans 1.17, it says that the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And that's talking about us. We're the just. All of us, we should live by faith. But the problem is living by faith doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come naturally to live a life of faith. You know, it's easy to say, I'm a person of faith. I'm going to live by faith until it's actually time to live by faith. When it's actually time to live by faith, it can get very difficult and you can realize, huh, I really have to walk this thing out. Like, I really have to put some action into what I'm doing. But the thing about living by faith is not just believing and it's not just just thinking it or knowing, having a knowledge, it's speaking things out. When you begin to live by faith, you begin to speak things out. I love in the in the in the gospels the story of the mustard seed. Everyone always loves to talk about the mustard seed, but the the significance of the passage is this: It says that God, Jesus says that if you had the faith the size of a mustard seed, it would cause you to do something. It would cause you to speak. It's not that you need the faith. It says all you need the faith of a mustard seed is to speak to the mountain and it will be uprooted and thrown into the sea. He said, the faith that you need is to speak, not necessarily the action. You need faith to speak. And he said, all you need is the size of a mustard seed. But faith, it requires you to speak things out. But speaking things out in faith can be intimidating if you've never done it before. It requires a a certain level of faith to step out and say, you know what? I'm going to speak these things out by faith. And it can be intimidating if you've never done it before. Matter of fact, it can can seem downright scary. Like, so I'm start. So you want me to declare things by faith? Well, I don't really know how to do that. I don't. I don't really know how that works. But the thing with with faith is this: is that when you begin to speak out things in faith, we have to have what we call flexible expectations. You have to have flexible expectations, and what that means is this: is that I'm expecting God to do something by faith. I'm just flexible in his timing and how he does it. Because what we do is we get locked in to, God, you got to do it this way and then this time. And if you don't do it, then it's not God, and I get frustrated. We're not flexible. But when it comes to faith, you have to have flexible expectation with God. But your expectancy is high. Your faith is high. I know God is going to do something. But in the way that he does it in his timing, I'm flexible. Because what it does is it takes the pressure off of you. And it takes the pressure off of looking at God like, God, when you're going to move, I'm just waiting on you to do something. And God is like, no, no, no. I need you to call it and receive it by faith. But just be flexible in how I do it. And, you know, we've been talking about the mega reward. I don't know what the mega reward is for us. But guess what? I'm expecting it. And I'm flexible to receive it whenever God wants to give it to me. And I'm not going to put them in a box to say, well, God, it's been three weeks. When is it going to come? It's like, no, no, no. My expectations in God, they're flexible. Amen? Amen? And living by faith, again, and a lot of this that I'm talking about is just foundation, but you need to hear it again because faith comes by hearing. hearing. So don't say, oh, well, you talked about that last week. No, no. This is just foundational things that the more you hear it, the more that you would understand it and the more that you will receive it by faith. Faith is how God ordained us to live. There's no other way that God functions outside of faith. So if the, if the word says in Romans 1.17 that the just shall live by faith, then that means there's also opposite ways that we can live as well. You can live in fear. You can live in doubt. You can live in anger. You can live in bitterness. You can live in disappointment. You can live in sorrow. You can live in rejection. There's a lot of different ways you can live, but the most exciting and fulfilling way to live is by faith. It's by faith. Everything that God created, he spoke it out of existence. Out of nothing came something. You know, God could have just said, you know, I can think of a beautiful earth that I would like. And he could just believe it and he could think it. But it wasn't until he actually spoke it that it came into existence. When he began to speak, it was darkness and then light came. And he created everything by creation by the words and faith out of his mouth. That's the same thing with us. He's commanded us to do the same thing. He's commanded us to speak things out by faith. We speak those things that are not as though they were by faith. We speak those things out. Faith-filled words create everything you see. Everything in your life, you have to look at it this way. I'm going to use faith-filled words to create everything that I see because if I don't, then what is going to happen is fear is going to control me. You know, there's a lot of things on this earth that could grip you with fear. And everything is dominated towards getting you to live a life of fear. I don't know if you know that online. The, this world is dedicated, is, 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 it is predetermined to cause you to want to live a life of fear. All news is bad news. When they give you statistics, they don't give you the good statistics, they give you the bad statistics. Because they're trying to scare you. It's it's fear. It's just the spirit that hovers here. But Romans 1.17 says, the just shall live by faith. faith." So that's why we have faith school. So we could come here in this series so we can learn, how do I live by faith? Because living a life outside of faith is a hard life to live. I'm telling you, more than half of my life I lived not being saved. And I'm telling you, that was the most miserable time of my life. (laughs) Just confused just lost hopeless yeah. all those things dejected just all those things that i felt but when i came into a relationship with god i found life and i found it more abundantly Amen. but also i found faith yeah. and i realized that man this faith thing is real this this faith thing is not fake like this is this is something that's serious but it doesn't come naturally it's something that All of us, we have to, we're all on a faith journey, and it's too exhausting to live a negative life. I used to live a negative life where everything, I was like, well, nothing good can happen for me because everything seems like it never goes my way. And I used to live a negative life, and I'm telling you, that's a miserable life to live, always looking at the negative of everything. That is a horrible way to live. So what we need to do is we need God to reshape our perspective reshape our mind frame, reshape what we think about faith so that we can live by faith. All of us have a measure of faith. It's up to us to determine whether or not how much it grows or not. We talked about mustard seed faith a a while ago. Yeah, you have mustard seed faith, but that's all you need. Now you just need to expand and grow. Think about this. The same power, the same faith that Jesus had when he spoke, when God spoke creation, we have a measure of that in us. All we need is a mustard seed size of that faith. What can we do with the must seed faith that created the universe? Just a little fraction of that. The just shall live by faith. I want you to say this out loud. It says, my faith faith grows grows exceedingly. My faith faith grows grows exceedingly. And today, I want to give you three ways of how we're going to grow, or three ways to function by faith is a better way to say it. Three ways to function by faith. Galatians 2, verse 16, it says, Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Jesus Christ so that we might be made right with God because of our what? Our faith in Jesus Christ. Not because we have obeyed the law, for no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. We're made right with God by faith. It says by our faith, we are made right with God because we trust in him. It's our faith, y'all. It's our faith that makes us right with God, not by obeying in the law. The law, just shows us where we're wrong. But it's by faith that we receive Jesus and that we are made right by him. It's by faith. Galatians 2.20 says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Before Christ, we used to live in this earthly body in fear and doubt. And worry and strife and all those things that I mentioned earlier. When 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 your old flesh is alive, you are a slave to the things of this world. But when you come into a relationship with Christ and your old life is dead, now you have access to a life of faith. Now you have access to live a life abundantly, a life of joy, a life of peace, a life of prosperity, a life of blessing. All these things come by faith. And we're going to get into that now, the three ways to function by faith. First way that you function by faith is this. Number one, write this down, is speak words of faith. Speak words of faith. Begin to call those things that aren't as though they were. Begin to speak out and call those things that weren't that aren't as though they were. What does that mean? That means speak it by faith. That means you say, I'm not sick, I'm healed. I'm not sick, I'm healed. This is a true story. Last night, I was not like, it was about 3, 4 in the morning. I was not feeling well at all. My stomach was hurting. I just, I just, I just didn't feel well. And I remember I was laying there in the bed, and I said, you know, I could do two things. I could just sit here and take it, or I could just rise up and I can pray. And I said, the first thing I said, and I had to stop myself. I said, God, you know, and I said, no, I know God's will is for me to be healed. It's not for me to be in pain. So I stopped myself, and I said, stomach, I speak to you, and I command you to be free. Pain, I command you to go right now in the name of Jesus. And you know what happened? The pain left immediately. Why? Because I began to speak the things that weren't as though they were. Even though I felt the physical pain in my stomach, I said, no, no, no. I know what I feel, but I know what God has, God has, God has, uh, has given us. He's given us the authority to take things and say, I know this not, but guess what? I'm going to speak it as though it were. Yeah. And so I took authority over my body, and I spoke to that sickness, and I said, you must leave right now. And guess what? Immediately it left. Yeah. But you have to know how to speak things by faith. You have to speak words of faith, and like I said, it doesn't come naturally. Cause my first thing was say, God, take the pain away, but God's already done everything He's gonna do. He's already paid for the healing. He's already did it with His Son Jesus. It's up to me to receive it. It's up to me to speak it out by faith. Now, y'all catching it? It's it, and sometimes we get faith. It's like, oh, that's God's part. To, no, no, no. God has done everything He's gonna do. It's up to us to speak it out by faith. You know, I heard a testimony of a pastor. He was saying that a guy came up to him, and he was like, Pastor, my tear ducts don't work. He's like, they just don't work how they should. I went to the doctor. I had surgery. My tear ducts, they just don't work. And he said on and on. He said it about seven or eight times in two minutes. My tear ducts don't work. Now, Pastor, can you please pray for me? And the pastor said, no, I can't pray for you because you're not ready for prayer. And the guy kind of looked at him funny like, what you mean? He said, well, for the past two minutes, you kept going on and on about your tear ducts don't work. You need to go home, and you need to declare that my tear ducts are perfect, that my tear ducts work fine. But the guy, you know what his response was? But they don't work, (laughs) which is, that's true. His tear ducts didn't work, but what the pastor is trying to get him to say is, you need to change your confession. You need to speak the things that aren't as though they were. And so the, he said the guy kind of walked away, kind of dejected, like, whatever. But guess what? He saw the guy three, four days later, and the guy came up to him and said, Pastor, you never believe it. My tear ducts work perfectly. <laughs> he said, I went home, and I started to declare what you said, and they opened up, and now they work perfectly fine. You know, sometimes the healing and the things that we need is not us waiting on God. It's us speaking those things by faith. So I don't say I'm broke and my bank account is empty. I say my bank account is overflowing. What do I say? My marriage is not on the rocks. It's blessed. Yes. I'm not sad. I'm full of joy. Yes. What is that? You have to begin to speak those things are not as though they were. Yes. You have to speak it out by faith. Speaking words of faith and calling things as though they were is not weird and is not fake. It's scripture. Yes. God has commanded. But some people say, well, no, that's that, that name it and claim it stuff. That's not naming and claim it. That's speaking the word of God. Yes. I'm speaking the Word of God. I'm not talking about goofy, I'm going to walk around the car ten times at the parking lot and say that's my car. I'm not talking about that. Now, that's kind of goofy. But what I'm talking about is things that have been oppressing you, things that have been, been bounding you down in bondage and, and sickness and, and shame and guilt. You begin to speak to those things and say, no, no more, no more. I'm speaking to these things that, as though they were, as they're not as though they were. Romans chapter 4, verse 17, it says, as it, is, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickened the death, and called those things which be not as though they were. That's scripture. Called those things which be not as though they were. You have to learn how to speak positive words over your situation. You know, this is a personal confession that I have for New Life Church. I want to share it with y'all. Is that okay? Yeah. This is a scripture that, this was in our readings last year sometime. It's from Isaiah chapter 60, verse 22. It says, the smallest family will become a thousand people, and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. That's my confession for this church. You say, well, pastor, how do you gonna? I'm speaking those things as not as, the, as not as though they were. And what I'm doing is I'm holding on to scripture. Yeah. The smallest family will become a thousand people and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. That's flexible expectation. When is God going? He says, at the right time, I will make it happen. But my expectation is by faith, I receive that yeah. by faith. And I know it's going to happen, not just to say that we're big in numbers because we want to make an impact for the kingdom of God. Because there's so many people out there hurting that are looking for a home that say, I just need peace. I just need faith. I just need something. I don't know where to get it from. Guess what? They're going to find it here at New Life Church. And I'm speaking that by faith. I'm speaking those things that are not as though they were. So you have to begin to lay hold to that and say, I'm going to speak words of faith. I'm going to speak words of life over myself because there's life and death in the power of your tongue. And faith requires you to speak. The just shall live by faith. How do we live by faith? We speak it out. We speak those things that aren't as though they were. Amen? Declare that. Declare the scriptures over yourself. That's the first thing. How do we function by faith? We speak words of faith. The second thing we do is we get rid of negative words. We get rid of all negative words. Let me tell you, it's easy to get negative real quick. Negative is our default emotion. I'm telling you, you get on the phone call with someone, oh, did you hear about Sister Smell Fungus? Oh, Sister Smell Fungus, I heard she's not doing well. And all I think about is brother smell fungus, because you know she takes care of him, and she cooks all his meals, and if she's sick and she can't take care of him, then what's going to happen to him? And then if she dies, you know they die close, because if when they get up in age and one die, then it don't take other, long for the other one to die. And then what about the kids? Oh, Lord, the kids. What are their kids going to do? They're going to lose both of them. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but you just then went down this whole trail of negativity from nothing, all stirred up in your emotions. Your emotions stir up negativity. You hear one thing, and then you're all negative, and you're gone. You have to eliminate all negative words. One thing I love about Elder Elder, uh, Tony, and even in conversation with him, he can say something, and if he says something that's negative, he immediately stops. He'll say, you know what? Excuse me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I meant this. And he'll turn it around as a positive. I love that about him because he realizes the power of his words. And he says, I'm not going to allow myself to speak negative words or speak negative things uh, uh, or speak negative over situations. I'm going to turn it around for a positive. So if he's praying for someone that's sick, he says, well, they aren't sick. They are healed. And And he'll correct himself. And I love that about him because he realized that negative words, just as positive words and faithful words have power, negative words do too. You ever heard someone that just always speaks negative words over themselves? They're miserable. Nothing ever works out for me. Even in your self-talk. God will never, I'm just going to always be lonely. There's no good women out there. All the good women, they married. All the good men are married. There's not a good job out there for me. I can't find a good job. And everything is negative. Nobody wants me. Nobody appreciates me. And you could get so negative that anything positive or faith-filled, it frustrates you because you feel like, it can't happen to me. Because your thoughts and your words are so negative, anything remotely close to joy, to peace, to life, it frustrates you because you realize, that can't happen to me. That's just for you. Oh, that's just, that's just, that's just for, for them people because, because that's not me. That's, that's not the real world. That's not how the real world works. No, no, no. That's how you work. Because you're negative. But when you get out of negativity world and you say, you know what? I have to speak words of life over myself and not allow negative thoughts to come in. Because that's where it starts. It first starts in your thoughts. Negativity, negative words first start with your thoughts. Because when they first get there, you don't just speak it out. You first think about it, then you speak it. So not only do you have to cancel out negative words, you have to cancel out all negative thoughts. And when you hear those thoughts, you cast them down and you rebuke them. And don't even give them room to speak out. Because negativity will destroy you. It will destroy. You listen to me online. Negativity will destroy your life. You can have a good thing going. You could be on fire for God. And then you could get around some negative people. And then all of a sudden, that faith-filled person, that joyful person that you were, is gone. All because you got around some negative people. I'm telling you right now. I'm a pastor, I love being around people, but I'm not gonna be around negative people. I'm not gonna subject, you need to be around some faith-filled people. Some faith-filled people that's gonna challenge you to grow. That's gonna challenge your faith. Cause you get around negative people, two things gonna happen. One, you're gonna influence them, or two, they're gonna influence you. And I remember, I'm gonna share this kind of, it's kind of a funny story, but I was saved maybe a few months, a few months. Uh, and I was still in college playing baseball. And one of my coaches, his way of motivating you, or one, I won't say his way, but one of his ways of motivating you was to tell you how bad you are. Some people can handle that. Some people can't. I could handle it. Like, it really didn't bother me because I kind of understood him. And so I was already driven. So you didn't have to tell me. I knew I was. If I played bad, I knew I played bad, and I'm going to get better because I was just driven. So it really didn't bother me. So one day I'm in a weight room, and I'm lifting weights and this is like a Thursday, and we leave to go out of town that the next day, that Friday. And I put like an 80-pound dumbbell on the bar, but it slipped and it fell on my thumb. And I still have the mark on my thumb right here. I know you can't see it, but it's right here on my thumb. And it split my thumb open, blood is coming out, and I'm like, I can't play this weekend. That's the first thing I thought. I didn't even think about the blood. I was like, I can't play this weekend. And so... I go to the training room, they kind of patch it up or whatever. And at the time they had these little cushions that you could put in your thumb that can kind of help you bat like so it kind of takes the 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 shock away. And the best way I can explain it is this, where we were traveling to was extremely cold. And playing baseball in cold is the most miserable thing ever in life because your body does not get warm. It just is. you stay cold because baseball is not a f- a free-flowing sport. It's you, you stand a lot. And so it is extremely difficult to play when it's cold. Now I have a hurt thumb and batting is the most difficult thing to do when it's when it's cold because the best way I can explain it is this. Put your hands on the table and let somebody hit your hand with a hammer. That's what it feels like to hit in the cold weather in baseball. And now I have a hurt thumb on top of that. So I go out there and I'm trying to play, and my hand is killing me, y'all. I'm like, I'm trying to be a leader. I'm trying to play from a team. I'm trying to 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 be there for them. And then we go out, we play the game, and it was the worst game, one of the worst games we ever played. We got destroyed. And you know, the coach came up to me and you know what he said? It's your fault we lost. And I ain't gonna lie, y'all, he got me that day. The negativity got me that day. I said, my fault? It's my fault we lost? And I'm thinking about everything that I went through to try to play to help the team. And I didn't curse about or anything, but I did go off. And, like, I lost it. Like, I was so mad. Another coach had to come up, and he had to, to calm me down. And you know the first thing that he said? Come on, Rio. You're supposed to be a Christian. That's the first thing he said. You're supposed to be a Christian. So now I got the guilt about, I, you told me it's my fault. Now I'm reminded that I'm a Christian and my example is not right. So now all of that because of negative words. That's how negative words affect you. They could take you out of your own element just like that. You think you're in control, but you get around some negative people in a negative environment just like that. You have lost your emotions because what negativity does is it makes you angry. What negative t- negativity really does, it makes you frustrated. And it makes you angry. And here I am. I'm thinking I'm helping the team, but it's my fault. And all that just hit me at one. And I thought about this verse in Psalm verse 4, verse 4 through 5. It says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Offer sacrifices in the right spirit and trust the Lord. I'm telling you, after that day, I realized I have to watch my home. Because the first thing that coach is you're supposed to be a Christian. And I thought, you know what? That's right. I had only been a Christian a few months. But I realized the magnitude of my example in that moment. And I said, from this point forward, I cannot let negative people control me. I can't do it because I see what happens when I do. (laughs) It wasn't good. You have to be a master saying, I'm not going to let negativity control me. I'm not going to let negative people control me. I'm getting out of negative situations because it will cancel out your faith. Negativity will cancel your faith. What is negativity's job to do? Cancel your faith. Mm -hmm. Steal your joy. Rob you of your your peace. That's what negativity does. I'm not going to give in to it. Negativity. Get rid of all negative words. Get rid of all negative thoughts. Don't let it change your words. You hear yourself start talking negative, going negative, stop it. If I hear you talking negative, I'm going to stop you. (laughs) No, 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 no. We're not going to talk negative. We're going to speak words of life. We're going to speak positive words, life-giving words. We're going to call those things that not as though they were. we're not, that's the words we're going to speak. We're not speaking. You hear that online? We're not speaking negative words this year. 2022, no negative words. Say it with me. No negative words. No negative thoughts in 2022. We're speaking life-giving words. Amen? Y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise. No negative words. This is the third one, the final point. Galatians 2, verse 2 through 21, it says, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for it is the righteousness by law, then Christ is dead in vain. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Now this, I want y'all to lean in and catch this because this is really important. This is the third and final point today on how to function by faith. We have to live by grace and by faith. We have to live by grace and by faith. And what does that mean, Pastor? I'm going to explain. We don't just live by faith. When we don't live by faith, we frustrate the grace of God. What is the grace of God? Grace, the grace of God, I'm to, let me read this and then I will explain. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. God saved us by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for it. This is a gift from God. Grace is a free gift from God. We're saved by grace when we believed by faith. So grace is anything that God has given us, that's grace. Salvation, that's grace. Healing, that's grace. Joy, peace, the fruit of the spirit. That's everything that God has given us is a free gift. So any free gift God gives us is his grace but what will frustrate a great gift giver the gift not being received when we don't receive faith and we don't receive God's grace the scripture says that it frustrates him because God is the greatest gift giver that has ever lived and when we don't when we when we don't act out and we don't receive his grace by faith we frustrate him it frustrates his grace because he says these are gifts that I'm giving to you for free Have you ever just thought of something like a person, like maybe your spouse or your parent or someone, and you're like, I'm going to give them the perfect gift, and you put great intention, you put great thought into that gift, and you're like, oh, when when they open this gift, they're going to be so excited, they're going to be so overjoyed, they're going to be so thankful, they're going to have a heart of gratitude, they're going to be all these things, and then you give them the gift, and they're like, eh, thank you. And you're like, wait a minute, that's, that's not the reaction I was expecting at all. I spent all this time preparing a meal and you don't want to eat? You want to go out to eat and eat pizza? I've been in this kitchen four or five hours cooking and you want to go eat some Subway sandwiches? But that's God is the same way. God said, but I've given you all these free gifts and you don't want to receive them? Because you don't want to live by faith? It frustrates the grace of God. We don't want to frustrate the grace of God. Romans five verse one through two it says, "Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom all access, by whom also we have access by faith into His grace, wherein we stand and rejoice and hope in the glory of God. We have free access to God's grace." Free access to God's grace. Don't frustrate God by not receiving it. When, How do we do it? When we don't walk in faith. When we don't live in faith. We frustrate his grace. God has saved us from so many different things. It's up to us to receive it by faith. It's already there. You know, a lot of people's faith journey gets, gets, um, gets tainted and gets... overlooked, I want to say overlooked, but they get frustrated with God or they get angry when they feel like God didn't take something away from them. God, you allowed me to walk through this. You're supposed to protect me, God. Why didn't you take this away? Why did you allow me to walk through this? But God's grace says, I'm not going to take it away from you, but my grace is there to be with you to walk through it. My grace is sufficient for you to walk through it. His grace is always there. We just have to receive it by faith to walk through everything that we walk through. So when I hear bad news, I'm not fearful because I know the gift of grace is there for me to receive if I access it by faith. And it's going to help me walk through anything that I have to walk through. But I have to know it's not God's fault. It's not God's fault. When sickness comes upon me or... Bad news comes, it's not God's fault. But what God does say is, my grace is sufficient for you to walk through it. You just have to access it by faith. And when you don't, it frustrates the grace of God because you say, by faith, you couldn't receive the gifts that I have for you to walk through the things that you need. Everything that you're walking through right now is accessible to you by the grace of God. You just have to activate it. You have to activate it by faith. That's what we're talking about. The just shall live by faith. You have to activate the gifts of God, the grace of God, and it will help you walk through every situation that you walk through. So you are saying, well, why does bad things always happen to me? Because that's the sin nature. That's That's the state of this world. But know that there's one that's greater that has overcome the world that is with you that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm just ready for you and waiting for you to receive me by faith. Because I have grace that will help you walk through anything that you walk through. You can get through it if you receive me by faith, by faith. So we have to walk in grace and by faith. Because when you walk by grace, you receive God's free gift, but you activate it by faith. So how do we function by faith today? We're going to speak positive words. I'm going to speak life-giving words. I'm going to speak to those things that weren't as though they were. I'm going to get rid of all negative thoughts and negative words. Negativity, get out of here. You have no place. Don't come on my phone calling me with the negativity and the gossip and the drama. I'm just going to cut you off right there and say, nope, we're going to talk about some positive things. And also, I'm going to walk in the grace and the faith of God. I'm not going to frustrate that. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, y'all. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. We're going to close with our confession. I want y'all to repeat after me. Say, I walk by faith. I live by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap one more time. That's how we're going to function by faith, y'all. We're going to speak positive words, speak to those things that aren't as though they were. Get rid of all negativity, and we're going to walk in the grace and the faith of God. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this word that went forth today. I thank you right now that you're giving us a fresh perspective, Lord God. You're giving us a a fresh peace and a fresh opportunity to trust and to have faith in you again. Lord, this is not a message to condemn. This is a word to encourage. And I pray that our spirits are encouraged and lifted to trust you again, Lord God, to believe in you again, to speak to those situations that aren't as though they were. I thank you that you've given us the faith, Lord God, to continue to pursue you on the journey that you have for each and every one of us, and that we will not get tired, that we will not get weary, but we would hold on to your promises, we would hold on to your word, we would hold on to your truth, and that we will see every good thing that you have for us come to pass. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody, you could just keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. I just want to give one final invitation. That's for anyone that wants to come into right relationship with God. You don't have a relationship with God, but you want to get right with him. Maybe you're watching online and you stumbled across this this broadcast and you don't even know why you're here, but God is speaking to your heart and he's saying that I want you to be my son or daughter. I want you to be in right relationship with me. I want to pray with you in this moment. So if you're in the room or you're watching online and You want to receive God in your heart. I want to pray with you. So I'm going to ask everyone just to very reverently, just to place their hand over their heart. I'm going to ask everyone just to repeat this after me. Say, Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Forgive me for all of my sin and all of my shame. I lay it down at the foot of the cross right now. And I receive you by faith as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all. Let's give a hand clap for those that prayed that prayer to receive Christ. If you're in the room and you prayed that prayer, in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, let's connect. On the back of that card, it says, I've made a decision. Fill that out. You could drop it in a bucket on our offering time. We love to connect with you. But if you're online and you made a decision, just let us know in the comment section. We love to reach out with you and pray for you throughout the week. Come on, let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ. Well, that was week two of Faith School. Man, did y'all enjoy that message? Well, we're, we're about to dismiss in a second, but before we do, we're going to pray for our offering. Uh, if you're online and you're prepared to give, there's a couple ways you could do it. You could go on our app. Uh, there's a tab there that you could give on the app. You could go on our website at newlifemobile.org. You could give that way, or you could go to our Facebook or website to get the address to mail in a check or money order. But let's pray for the offering. I'm going to actually pray for the offering for the month your your finances for the month of January that it be blessed. So let's pray for the offering. Lord, I thank you right now for the tithe. I thank you for the offering that's coming into the storehouse today. I pray for your people that are generous, cheerful givers that have partnered with New Life Church, Lord God, as the place where they're sowing their seed for the kingdom of God to advance the kingdom. And I thank you, Lord, that this month of January will be the best month of their lives that their finances will be blessed, that there will be no lack in their household, that they will lack no good thing. I pray that you bless your people, Lord God. Bless their finances. Bless the finances of this church, that we could be a great, great, great resource and catalyst to see revival break forth in our city and in around the world. And we give you all the glory honor, and praise. We thank you for the top today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, before you guys dismiss, we want to invite you to prayer this Wednesday at 630. We're going to continue our continual prayer uh, for 21 days of fasting. We'll be here this Wednesday at 630. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in with us. We'll see you next week. Amen. Amen.